Hello and welcome back to Oh Dear Lore. I'm Creighton. I'm Jessica. Hey guys, we hope that your week has been great. Me and Jessica are actually recording this the same day as we did last week's episode, so we're doing just as well as we did when you last heard from us. (laughs) Still coughing. And I'm still hurting. Still drowning in snot. It's great. Yeah. So, we actually have some exciting stories for y'all today. We have decided to do ancient mysteries. I don't know anything about yours, actually. You don't? Well, Jess... Why are you shocked? You haven't told me anything. No, you but... You I don't. I, uh, I'm real excited because I know how much you love ancient civilizations. And this is about one that we're positive exists, we just don't know where. Like, it's it's almost like it just disappeared off the map. What is it called? The Land of Punt. Oh, yeah, you, told, you did tell me that. Yeah. I'll be honest, I thought, cunt, when you told me, and I was like, and I kind of laughed, and I was like, <laughs> punt. Yes. So. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, like, I, I love mysteries like this, because I want to know what happened, like, where they were, like, what what went on. I've never heard of it. Well, I don't, like, I don't think I've ever heard of it. And if I did, I don't remember. Most people haven't. Because it's like... It's like Egypt's Atlantis. Except Egypt actually had a part in Atlantis's story, too. Right. So we do know that these are not supposedly the same places. Okay. Um, I would like to go ahead and make that clear. We've already done our Atlantis episode. We're done with that civilization We're moving for on. now. But... We did say a lot of people call missing civilizations Atlantis, even though it's it's more of an idea, Atlantis right. is. But I actually realized what I was thinking of. I was like, punt sounds familiar here. And I realized it makes me think of Lilliput from Gulliver's Travels. That's what Do I'm you know of. what the real fun thing is? What? Is it based on it? There were some influences from it in, oh, really? in Gulliver's Travels Yay! book. Yeah. It's coming back to me now. Lilliput was not one of them, but... Gulliver, in some of the lands that he created, actually used some pieces of punt and other places. Okay, that's really cool. All right, so let's talk about the evidence for the land of punt. Let's talk about it. All right, so the ancient Egyptians, they were famous for documenting everything. Right. Like, they documented down, like, the wages that were paid to people. They did just senseless documentation about the little things, and... It's great when we find it because it gives you so much information. So, surviving paintings and writings show details about almost every aspect of life in that place and era. Wars, religion, rulers are all recorded in ways that fortunately lasted into modern times. So, business trades were no different, and extensive documentation chronicled who the ancient Egyptians were trading with and exactly what that it was that they were trading. Okay. So, they recorded trade expeditions with the land of Punt. So, this was an active trade partner. Right. Unfortunately, they never mentioned in any of their documents where Punt was. Whatsoever. Come on, Egypt. And it has yet to be found. Aliens. <laughs> Sorry. So. Thought I had to get that out of the way. So, there's a few thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. So, archaeologists think that Punt was probably so large, or at least rich and famous, that the Egyptians didn't have to tell you where it was for you to understand what Punt was it's kind of like in the day. people. Right. They were so famous, they didn't really have to explain it. Right, and so a lot of times they didn't tell you like where it was located or where it came from or anything like that. They just mentioned it because everybody knew about Punt. But here's another fun fact. 
Egypt is the only place with a history of it. That's weird. Right. So, here's a description of the land of Punt. Okay, I want to know. So, according to information unearthed by archaeologists, the land of Punt was a great source of riches, slaves, exotic spices, and wild animals. From the description of the survive, the land of Punt was a peaceful and prosperous country that seemed to have a wide variety of highly valued goods to trade, and the discovery of such a society would be a huge accomplishment for an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. So, there's been people looking for this place. It's all over. And like I said, the first problem with finding it is you have to rely solely on ancient Egyptian right. history because no one else mentioned it. And so, we don't know if other uh, lands dealt with Punt and just called it something else right. or if only Egypt knew about Punt and traded with it for its wealth. I wonder what Punt means. Like if there's like, is it, is it Egyptian for something? Well, we don't know. Maybe like, I mean, have. to be honest, we're lucky we understand hieroglyphs. We're very had, lucky. Had it not been for the Rosetta Stone, we would Because the Rosetta Stone had the same message written on it in multiple languages and we knew parts of these languages that survived so we were able to transcribe the messages and when we realized what everything were you could go back and translate the rest of the Rosetta Stone. So we're super lucky to have found that and that someone at some point thought oh well we better write this all in all these different languages. Yeah. Because if not ancient history would still be a mystery to us in most respects. That's crazy. Right. So, here's another thing. The uh, the Egyptians were known for invading yeah. a lot. Yeah. And they normally invaded their neighbors who were very wealthy and tried to take the wealth for themselves. But not once in all of Egypt's history is it recorded that they invaded Punt. I wonder if, like, maybe, you know, we talk about Roanoke, how they probably just kind of merged in with the Native Americans. What if they just merged into Egypt because famine, perhaps? And look, famine happened a lot in Egypt. Right. You know, or disease. And I don't know. I'm throwing theories before I even hear the whole story. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. So, like, a lot of archaeologists find it really odd that no one ever mentions going to war with Punt. Because normally, when you have a country that rich and that you consider peaceful, you can just go in and take it over. Canadians. I don't know. I would imagine that the Canadians could fight us off pretty well, especially in the winter. But they wouldn't because they're so nice. I'm almost positive they would because we have Donald <laughs> Trump as president. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That's something worth fighting for. Commitment, eh? They'd <laughs> <laughs> ride in on their battle moose. On their uh, battle moose. Oh my God. Moose are terrifying creatures, okay? They are, when especially if you have, they have babies with them. Well, the humans have babies with No, them? I'm talking about the moose. I've oh, been, I was like, that's a weird I've been hybrid in animal. I don't want to think about that. I've been in a vehicle in Utah where they tried to attack the car <laughs> because they had a baby. And we didn't... They're on the road. And we slow down, but it thinks we're... You know. Yeah. So, yeah, moose are terrifying. I feel like we have mentioned this like three times in our show. But if y'all can't tell, me and Jessica have a fear of moose. Fear of moose. Learn how to speak English. It's going to be our yeah. our national language. Thank you, Amy Klobuchar. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with moose. English. <laughs> Speak well. So, want to know where we first learned about the land of Punt? Where? All right. 
So, significant evidence about the land of Punt comes from a temple dedicated to the female pharaoh, Hasiput, who ruled for more than 20 years around the time of 1465 BCE. Uh, didn't she steal the throne from her son? Yes. I do remember her. So, a large relief of a trading mission to Punt is featured on the walls of this temple, and we even know the name of the rulers of Punt during her reign. King Parahu and Queen Atta. But the Egyptians either forgot to put concrete directions to their punt on the temple, or we have yet to discover it in any of the writings. Huh. So, according to the art that has survived, men from the land of punt, unlike ancient Egyptians, had long hair and little facial hair. The people in punt lived in round houses built on stilts, most likely to avoid damage from flooding in their land, and wherever that land was. Huh. Okay. Now, there are various clues. Animals living in Punt, according to the Egyptian paintings, live primarily in the area around the Red Sea on the Arabian Peninsula. But other scholars, due to the origin areas of some of the traded goods, have proposed a location south of ancient Egypt in Africa. Their surviving evidence is just not clear which one it was and no remains have been unearthed by archaeologists, showing a civilization that equates itself to the land of Punt, as described by the Egyptians. So, to me, this almost makes sense, that it might be somewhere in Arabia, mm -hmm. but the one thing that doesn't make sense, if it was somewhere in modern Arabia, or the Arabian Peninsula, I feel like the Babylonians or someone would have mentioned it. You would think if they're especially if they were so rich, right? Especially, but like you know, you're saying it's possible they knew him by another name. So punt could be an Egyptian term, and someone can call him whatever that means somewhere else. Right. Well, I mean, it's like when or we talked names. about the Battle of Troy. <clears throat> yeah. And we talked about uh, there's other civilizations, and we were talking about the Sea People, and how it's very possible that they were all referencing the same battle. Yeah. But using different names for it. But we haven't found anybody who traded the same goods as that um, with other countries. That's just so crazy. Right. I love so, this. Uh, did Punt even exist? I believe it. You do? I'm saying I do. So, from the articles I was reading, there's an author named Bill Price who doesn't know whether Punt existed or not. Or if it was an imaginary utopia. Oh, like the idea? Right. So, this is possibly reinforced by the alternate name of Punt that translates into the land of the gods. There are even some tantalizing illusions that the Egyptians believed they originally came from Punt and that they journeyed and found ancient Africa after leave, sorry, ancient Egypt after leaving that homeland in Lower Africa. So, Punt may currently lie below mounds of earth and sand. And we don't know the location of this market's land until future excavations unearth the ancient paradise. All right, so hear me out. So okay. you said that they lived by the water in like in little houses on top of little stands, right? Right. Sounds like a UFO. Uh, I'm just saying. It goes back to our my alien thing where they think that in Egypt they bred with humans. I'm just saying. Well, this is what I was saying. Because when it said that they originally started in the land of Punt and then spread into Egypt, created it, to me that actually makes a lot of sense because we have found that most civilizations 
of the current Homo sapiens right. started in Africa and oh, then yeah, spread for sure. outwards. For sure. Now, the most fascinating thing about that to me is that there were actually several classifications of Homo. Right. So you had Homo Neanderthalus, you right. had Homo sapiens, Homo denovians. Uh, yeah. And we have different records and genes that have mixed together with a lot of these other ancient ancestors that we just overpopulated and overcame. Right. So like in the theory of evolution, we were the stronger race, we survived. But due to the fact that we were close enough with a lot of these races in genetics, we were able to interbreed and therefore we gained different things. Like there's people with Neanderthal DNA in I, I actually do. I know, that's why I brought it up. Because you're talking about it, yeah. You, you told me that before. Uh, there's people with Denovian DNA in them. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are actually spread out into like the Eurasian steppes. Right. Things like that. But a lot of them have even found their way over to America. Right. You can there's you can even look up migration patterns. Um, a right. lot of Neanderthals, Britain, a lot of people from Britain area or Scottish area, a lot of Anglo-Saxon, mm-hmm. you, they almost guarantee you'll find at least 2% in your... Right, well, that's that's part of the Norse invasion right, of the land, exactly. the Saxons. So, in a way, there was different breeds of human, pretty much, breeds of us, but we're not the same. Right. You know what I mean? It, I guess that's the best way to describe it if you are if you don't understand. Right, but see, they have found what they call Mother Eve in Africa. Yes. And it is, they have followed maternal uh, DNA, right. mitochondria, right. that has been left in our bodies. And they have determined that every person that they tested can trace their origins back to that woman and her ancestors. Right. And, and Adam. Be, right. Yeah. Uh, because you can follow that maternal DNA because it doesn't change that much. Right. And so they have found proof through science that all of the world's current population, or at least most of it, has some basis in Africa starting out and then spread out and flourished. And the migration patterns of animals, like, did you know that cheetahs aren't originally from Africa? I had heard of that. Yes, no, they, their first form of a cheetah was actually in America, along with horses. But the Spaniards supposedly brought the horses. Well, the fun thing yeah. about it is America is actually the birthplace of all horse species. But once the horses cross the land bridge back towards Russia and all, they're able to survive there with other animals, but they were ex- they went extinct here with a lot of the other megafauna that came for when humans crossed the land bridge this way. And, you know, there's a scientific... Well, by the way, that, uh, the theory about Africa is called the straight out of Africa, Africa theory. Right. I learned about it in college. And so there's, I wish I remembered the word for it, but when I was in ecology, we talked about how you can have the same fish, like identical fish, you put one in this pond A, put one in pond B, after about a thousand years, they're almost completely different species. Right. And so that's the idea, you know, maybe people went to Africa, or stayed in Africa, others went to Britain, and after a while they believe that's why humans are so different. That's where our idea of race comes from. Right, well see, and here we go into macro evolution right. and micro evolution. Yeah. So eventually, what happens? Because I don't know how many of our viewers either know about evolution. I'm sure they've all heard of it, or what they think about it. Right. Because for some reason, it is a really debated topic. So basically, yeah. 
Uh, you start off with microevolution. So like me and Jess go separate ways. We're forced to live in different conditions. A right. few generations down our family lines, our families will probably start to adapt to whatever land that we're working on. So if we are working on a land where you have to climb a lot to do something, we might have stronger arm muscles than other people, they have more nails. reinforcement on the bones, nails yeah. to help grip, uh, thicker creases in our hands to give extra grip. We could develop something like that over time if our body determined that it was more useful to keep. Or, like if you lived in an uh, area that had a lot of water and were constantly going in, your feet might become a little bit more webbed. People are still like born with webbed feet. Right. Still. And therefore, you know, you'd be adapting to your things. But those are just micro-evolutions. But now after 3,000 years, as they become more and more predominant, you no longer are the same thing. Right. Therefore, it is a macro-evolution, which is what most people think of when you say evolution. They think literally going from a horse to an elephant. Or, as so many people wrongly assume, monkey versus human. Right. Where it's not that... Okay, I took a whole class, a whole semester dedicated to this. Me so too. So I, I get triggered. I get very triggered when I hear the whole, because I'm a Christian. I, I am. And they're like, well, if evolution was true, then why are gorillas still around? Because we're not monkeys. We never were. We just are, have a common ancestor that we're not even sure is the same person. But we just have, genetically, we are very similar. And the thing is, one chromosome can change the whole game. Oh, yeah. One chromosome can change the whole game. So, I mean, that drives me crazy. I'm sorry. I, I get so peeved. And, ugh. But we have to talk about evolution one day because, like, I can go I can go for years on this. Because evolution is a theory. Because, you know, people like to say that, well, why is it a theory? Evolution cannot be observed because it takes more than one lifetime. It takes many lifetimes to observe Evolution. Right now, you can you can watch it in cells right. because of how they multiply. You can watch it in rabbits because rabbits just multiply, multiply, multiply so quickly. But it's hard to watch in actual species like humans because, and hell, we live ninety years at a time, and most of us only have one to two kids. Right. It's not like we have twenty every breeding season. Right, and so that's the thing, as far as science is concerned. If you can't prove that every species can do it, it's only a theory. Right. And that's gonna and it's gonna probably stay that way for a long, long time, you know. Right, but there are scientists who have been studying it and a lot of them have died. Mm-hmm. Oh, they hold so, they, they pass it on. Yeah, they pass on their notes. Right. So but that's when in the textbook they always say, Well, because evolution isn't in our lifetime, you can't you can't, I guess you, as one person, can't stay glued to a certain, that study of it for so long. Right. So, just to reground it back in my story. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but what I was saying is that archaeologists may be onto something. Like, yeah. a punt could be a memory of, like, wherever their people came from originally. Yeah. It, I mean, it could be. Or it could be a real land somewhere. It could be a land that goes by a different name. But it's so fascinating to me that, like, we have all these areas that have these supplies that could have traded. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been a trade uh, epicenter that everybody traded with, and that's how I got the supplies. So, really and that's truly, 
Like, it's more likely that they were in control of their own supply, which means that they had it close by. So you're looking at either the area of the Red Sea and the Arabian Peninsula in that area, or towards South Africa. One or the other, if it's a physical place. Right. But we just don't know. And since people have been there for so long, it's also possible that the land, like, was raised and rebuilt upon. Yeah. Like, there could be a city on top of it now, and we'd never know. Right. I mean, people still find, like, they thought they found Sodom and Gomorrah, you know? And that was supposedly destroyed by God, you know? So, I mean, there's... Archaeology... If it was easy to find, we'd have all the answers. Right. That's the, you know... Like King Solomon's Temple or Mines. Yeah. There's people who look for them all the time. And we know exactly where they were supposed to be located. But there's nothing left of the original temple. And it's been rebuilt upon the area so many times. Well, finding civilizations is like finding a fossil. A thought certain things have to happen at certain times for it to happen, you know, for things to work out perfectly. And sometimes the answer is just no. You can't find it. Right. And like a lot of times you have to keep building with more and more research. Right. Because you, a lot of times when you're going out looking for these ancient cities, like with Atlantis, when you're looking, there's several people who reference the sea people and the people who came from the oceans and the people who attacked the shore. And they all have a similar description of the Atlanteans. So we know that there was a force out there doing this. We know the sea people were real, but we don't know if they were one congruent group that might have been the Atlanteans. Mm -hmm. But here in Punt, the problem is we don't have several kingdoms to go off of that have like records of things going on about this time. We have one kingdom with one or two stories that reference Punt. And so you're really working off a small amount of information. It might be all you ever get. Right. Yeah, accept that. I mean, we might find new tablets one day that mention it. But as of right now, we only have those, I think it's a total of six paintings. Yeah. And a few of, like, the writings that go with them. That's it. You know, it's, it, and that's what sucks about being human is that this stuff that they might find after we're long gone. That's what sucks. Right. Because you and I are such curious people and we want to know. Well, I want to stick around. Yeah, that, that's why we enjoy doing this podcast because there's so many things out there that you just don't know. And some of them are fun. Some of them are scary. Some of them are just weird and we have to bring them to your attention. God, I love it. I do too. Yeah, see, what's going to happen is the day after I die is when they're like, oh, we create immortality. I'm like, son of a... <laughs> ah, I never want to die. Who wants to live forever? Who wants to live <laughs> forever? That's a really good Freddie Mercury song. It is. And do you know what? I saw a really good vocalization of it the other really? day. I'll send you the link later. Do it. Well, speaking of living forever, how about living over and over and over again? You know what I'm talking about. Reincarnation. I thought we were talking about nachos. Oh my god. You want to get some nachos after this? I love nachos. Oh, I'll see if Nathan will make us some one day and we'll sit there and crunch. <laughs> we'll crunch and munch, 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 crunch, crunch. Be, he'll be the start of our ASMR channel. Oh god. Y'all, we can't bring Nathan on here. We'll sit in silence and Nate's going to be like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> it pisses me off just thinking about it. But... <laughs> So, the word reincarnation derives from Latin and literally means entering the flesh again. I don't know why I thought that was so cool. So, the conviction is that an imperishable principle, the soul, 
exists in every human being and comes back on this earth after death in a new form. So obviously it can be a cat, a dog, a human, a bird, plant, you know. So the fate of every person in this life and in the future lives is determined by the consequences of good or bad actions in the past or present karma. Right. Okay. So, and, and because of nobody's perfect, you're almost guaranteed to come back at least a few times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the negative karma imprints on your soul from bad thoughts, words, or deeds have to be cleansed from your soul pretty much. So, which a lot of, a lot of um, religions believe in the immortal soul. You know what right. I mean? So, this isn't nothing new. So, Just most of them don't believe it comes back and forth. Exactly. But now, the way that the way that like the Buddhists have it set up in reincarnation is like a ladder, correct? So yes. you start at the bottom and you try to be the best cell you can be. Right. And then you die. You come back as like a mosquito and you try to be the best mosquito you can be. And you have something to learn every time. Right. Right. So after the soul has fulfilled its destiny, pretty much you've lived through all these lives and you're supposed to learn something. You're supposed to take something. It's always a lesson to be learned every time. And you're supposed to pretty much build up to be the best you can ever be. Right. So once you reach that enlightenment, you know, so you, our souls pretty much revert to a divine status or absorbed into the divine all, commonly referred to as nirvana. So pretty much our soul reaches true bliss. I'm really not sure how I take that because that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Hmm. So I'm like... What does that mean? Do I get to see your love? I'm, I'm really confused on that. Um, I feel it seems like we all just become one big energy of happiness, which is the idea of light, I guess. I don't know. I'm okay with that theory, actually. I'm not okay with that. I want my, I like, I like individuality. I, I like the thought of an orgy of light. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Because have you seen some people we went to school with? To oh. know that you're at, because to them, or, I did. I guess I should do more research. I'm. I'm gonna be honest, Jess. I'm not expecting a lot to see a lot of them in the orgy of light. But <laughs> but that's the thing is what. Or at least not for a few more lifetimes. For, for a few. Oh, some of us are gonna be on this ladder for a while. Oh yeah. I, I think I'm definitely like stepping up and down. I, I feel like I've. Okay. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, some religions still believe in reincarnation, of course, to this day, including Buddhism, Hinduism, and how do you say that? What is that? Sikhism? We'll go with that. So recently, many years... <laughs> it's another another episode of Words Are Hard for Jessica, so she asked Creighton to help. So recently, many Europeans and North Americans have also developed an interest in it. it was, you know, people have been doing, like, chakras. People are getting into that now, and, you know, crystals and such, which low-key, I'm kind of getting into the crystal thing myself. I mean, not in the same context I believe that I need to put it under my pillow. But, like, I love this. Are you setting. charging them by moonlight? No. Oh. Do you? Jessica. We both know the answer to that. Moving I on. do not. Moving on. So, Dr. Ian Stevenson. So, some of the best proof that reincarnation is real is from him. His life's work. May I ask something? Yeah. What's he a doctor in? Uh, I actually have it in here somewhere. He's a teacher at Har- he was a teacher at Harvard and he's still alive. Well, and I, know, still I just didn't know if he was like a religion expert. Like, I, what? I think he um, actually has a religion studies, religious studies. Okay. 
Um, I should have kept that in here because I thought I had it, but I really don't. But <coughs> I love this guy. He's so smart. So, so many people require hypnosis for them to get these visions of their past. Hypnosis is not... No. Okay. No, that's not fact. And he's, I, I was about to say, Jess, we've talked about hypnosis no, on this podcast before. And, well, he's he was so smart. He handled this so well because you can't argue his findings. So, so many other um, doctors are like, well, they had to go undergo hypnosis to remember their past life and their memories. And he was like, yeah, but you can actually, as the person who's talking to them while they're under hypnosis, you can... Create memories. You can create, you can make them say what you want pretty much. Right. Well, see, that's why a lot of times um, in legal courts now, Mm -hmm. memories brought by hypnosis can't be really understood as memories because, like, you can have a psychiatrist who, even if you weren't touched or molested or something as a child, with them trying to say, think about the bad (laughs) memories, and you can think of someone who might have, like, bumped into you or something, but if they keep elaborating on it, suddenly you'll start to go... Oh, my Uncle Travis touched me. And then you tell your mother, and she goes, you don't have an Uncle Travis. And you go, where did that memory come from? And and as a sleep technician, you you know, I've done it for like a year and a half now. You should never underestimate the power of your subconscious. Yes. Ever. Never underestimate it. So with that being said, um, he he did not rely on hypnosis. Um, He was like, that's bull crap. We're not doing that. And he was, he really set out, and the thing about Dr. Stevenson is he was not sure it existed. So he came there saying, well, so I he was a skeptic. Yeah. He said, I, I don't lose anything by finding out, you know? Okay. So that's another reason why I'm like, I feel a little more comfortable with listening to his findings. So he instead chose to collect thousands of cases of children who spontaneously, without hypnosis, remembered a past life. So in order to collect his data, he would, um... Dr. Stevenson methodically documented the child's statements of the previous life, and he would identify the deceased person the child was remembered being. And so he would go to the family of that deceased person, and he would try to verify facts. Okay. And so, and sometimes he did research, newspaper, you know what I mean. He he pretty much dove into it. So he even would try to match birthmarks, birth uh, defects, um, based off wounds or scars from the deceased, and would verify them with actual medical records. So, I mean, he was smart. I love him. So his No, he took a very scientific approach to Right, it. because like I said, he wasn't someone who was like, I believe in this, so I gotta prove it. He was like, I have nothing to lose. And that's, that's how you find scientific proof. That's how you do it, you know? Yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry. His strict methods systematically ruled out all possible normal explanations. So... He has over 3,000 cases, by the way, in his files. So, due to his faultless protocol, many people, including skeptics and scholars, agree that these cases offer the best evidence of it. Like, no one, no one's been able to cut him down. Not, not huh. since. And, of course, if you ever hear about reincarnation, usually children who are beginning the new life, they remember things. And as they get older, they forget about their right. life. And that's why sometimes children are creepy. Children are just creep. Well, a lot of people think that children see ghosts, see spirits. One could argue maybe they see the spirit of their past life. My sister was weird. Okay, which <laughs> she's still weird. She can't help it. Y'all pray. First of all, I I love your. Sister. I love my sister. Jordan is amazing. Um, as we're getting older, me and her are like 
I'm tur- we're turning into each other, I swear. We're like a married couple. Poor Nate. <laughs> yeah. No, she cooks for him. He's happy. So <laughs> I don't, so she does. But uh, she, when we, were, when we were little, um, obviously I was a baby baby, but she had a imaginary friend named Claire. Right. Who wanted her to, like, die. <laughs> and tor- you, she'll talk about it, you know? So I'm like... Mm. My sister's a mean chick, so I'm like, I wonder if that was you in a past life. Right. Well, I mean, and to me, personally, like, I believe a little bit more in the spirit side. Because I've told you the story of my cousin Jeremiah. Right. Who, at the age of four, who his mother died, or his grandmother died, Mm -hmm. when his mother was three. Okay. And so, she died before I was born, anyway. Way before him. Right. And so, one day, at the age of three or four, my aunt was going through some old boxes and she pulled out a picture and it was of her mother. And he said, hey, that's grandma Mm -hmm. right there. But see, here's the thing. He had never known anyone but my grandmother as grandma. Right. So, he knew that that right there was his grandmother without being told, without like ever meeting her or seeing her. And... If I remember correctly, he said that she used to come to him at night and comfort him. See, that's not okay. I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care if they're comforting. No. It's not okay. I find it endearing. Well, I told you about my story about someone that I didn't get to meet that used to come yeah. to me as an adult. Yeah. It's not okay. Not okay. You hear my seat squeaking? <laughs> I didn't fart. Just want to make sure y'all knew that. So, <laughs> just want to make sure. So, how do you remember your past life? Tell me, Jessica. Okay. Supposedly, it is possible to remember them by undergoing past life regression, which is basically hypnosis. I don't recommend it. If you believe in reincarnation, don't do it. Okay? We, we've already talked about it enough. Don't do it. So, check out any odd birthmarks. There might be a scar from your past life caused by trauma Let's say you got shot, you may have a weird shot in the leg. You might have a birthmark where you may have been shot. Who knows? Got one on the ass. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah. It looks kind of like Illinois. I think that's a whole different reason. Oh. <laughs> why the Illinois? You know what? I don't know why it looks like Illinois. Why don't you take a photo and we'll post on our Instagram? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> I accidentally took a thought picture earlier this week, so... Like, a, like get, a T-H-O-T thought? Yeah. Oh. Because I tried to take a picture of the dog, but it was sleeping in my lap. And so I just took a picture like down like that, and it got everything in the shot. Why are you such a hoe? I don't know. I'm my sl- sister asked the same I'm question. I'm shaming you. My sister asked me that over Snapchat. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I got all these people going, like the picture. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And maybe... Maybe that has something to do with your past life. Being a thought? <laughs> Being a hoe. <laughs> what if I was your pimp? I've been together that. forever, Jess. Well, we'll get to that. I was the hornet to your caterpillar. Oh my god. Oh my god. The if scorpion to your beehive. I wouldn't die. I, w- I wouldn't doubt if I died because of you. <laughs> Me either. Like, it's still possible that I will just go around because of you. <laughs> just saying. Look. I've already warned you to stay off the train tracks. 
God, I swear. <laughs> so, by the way, so um, birthmark can be like a beauty mark. It doesn't necessarily mean you had to have had a trauma in your past life. You might share like a mole on your face that your other past life may have had to, by the way. It doesn't have to be a trauma. So, um, and you have any specific weird phobias? Um, I do. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm just saying, I do. Um, Y'all, I went down a rabbit hole. She was texting me all night going, do you have any weird phobias? Tell me. You're in do, I'm yeah. going to read the, the, um, what I sent you. Just That's so fine. that way they know. But um, if you have any weird phobias, sometimes people think it's a sign that something that could have killed you in the past or been traumatic to you, you know, a bad experience you've had in a past life. Um, are you oddly at ease about things that uh, the others around you find scary? Sometimes it's a sign that you've either endured an experience in a past life involving it or you've made peace with the idea before, which is the idea. Remember, we talk about the idea of reincarnation is you get it better and you learn more. Yeah. Each life. So, I mean, it makes sense, you know. Maybe you've made peace with that. So, of course, the typical deja vu feeling. Um, knowing information, um, you have no memory of researching or have any means to learn about. Uh, reoccurring dreams. Um, you remember past events that you weren't present for. You experienced mysterious pains. You recognize someone as a soulmate, not necessarily in a romantic way. Um, some people find like there's been a, a a son who felt like his mom was his son once. I don't know, it's weird, but it, it is what it is. So <laughs> you feel like you don't belong in this time or place. I feel that. I felt that when I read that. <clears throat> Uncontrollable habits that you may have been born with. Uh, my goddaughter, she plays with nails since. The day she was born, whenever... Talking she, about fingernails, right? Yeah, like she'll grab and she'll like rub your nails when she's sleepy. She did it the day she was born. I, I wonder. Hmm. Maybe she was like a nail salon lady. <laughs> like she was born in early 2000s. It could easily have been a 90s chick. Yeah. I'm being dead serious! Or hell, she could have been killed back in the 80s by the jerry curl trend. Uh, on the toxic chemicals. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, oh, and do you feel like an old soul? Yeah, I do. I do. I feel like it, I feel like I got a long way to go, but I feel like I've made some progress. I feel like you're in a casino asking for a cocktail right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm an old lady who went to a strip club for her fifty or for like her like hundredth birthday, and she died of a heart attack. I don't know, but the way it was a slip. you got real deep when you said that because of your throat. Uh, heard it. <laughs> and it really sounded like the same woman you hear at the slot machine, the nickel slot hey, machine, going, Who do I have to hump to get a drink around here? That's me, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I told y'all my voice is crap this week. So, I have a few stories. Reddit user Kenny9791. By the way, there was someone, Mick Tits, so I decided not to use that name. So, that was his Mick. name. Yeah. So, I didn't use that story because I was like, that's weird. So anyways, Reddit user, because Reddit's where it's at, had a feeling that he himself was a dog in a past life. Apparently when, when he was not born yet, his mother had a dog named Spot. The two were very close. However, during the last stage of her pregnancy, Spot died, which made her go into labor with him. Interesting, um, she, his mother actually thinks that Spot's spirit lives on in her son. Apparently, this is a quote, apparently I have the same characteristics. I also be believe myself that I am rather dog-like. 
I like to stand or sit at the front window and just stare at the street and watch people go by. And I get overly excited when I hear the door go, or the doorbell go off, or when we get visitors. I don't really know. I don't know well, if I buy that, but I I've got a question. So, is that saying that a baby doesn't have a soul till right about when it's born? Because in order for the dog, because she was already pregnant, right? So there's already a baby in there. Four. It, it died when he. Which sent her into labor with him. Right. So, I mean, did the dog just go into the body and say, Hey, I'm the spirit now. You're out. Well, you know, that's funny is that if you look at development, it takes a long time for babies to have personality or even a sense of anything sure. beyond self. So, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Just born empty vessels <laughs> waiting for something to embody them. When you take a breath. Well, okay, so if you want to get biblical with it... Makes me feel real it, comfortable about Satan. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that would work with the Antichrist idea. Yeah. Um, seriously. Like, if you want to get biblical with it, um, when God created Adam, he breathed the air... He breathed into him, to his lungs for him to come to life. So if you could argue, when you take your first breath, that's when your soul could yeah. come in. I, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, so I'm it, cool with it. Yeah. Um, in 2009, at the age of four, Ryan Hammonds began waking up, clutching his chest, and screaming about his heart exploding in Hollywood. Age of four. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> that would scare the heck out of me as a parent. His mother, Cindy, became intrigued when Ryan revealed more details from a former life. He insisted he once lived in a house on Hollywood on a street with the name Rock in it, where he had three sons and a friend named Senator Fives. One day, Cindy was going through a book featuring photos from Hollywood. Ryan peeked over her shoulder and identified one man as George and one as himself. Cindy contacted a psychiatrist from UVA Medical Center who conducts research on reincarnation. Where are these people at? Like, do we have someone reincarnation around here? I don't I, think I, so. I, yeah, you mean? You I would know, doubt it. I, I don't really know. So the psychiatrist verified the man in the photo was a film star named George Raft, and the other man was Martin Martin. Yeah, who, who died in 1964. Upon contacting Martin's daughter, she confirmed Martin was a Hollywood agent, lived on the North Roxbury Drive, and had three sons, and once met with the New York Senator Irving Ives. Huh. So after meeting Martin's daughter, the boy met his well, daughter in a past life, Ryan lost interest in his Hollywood memories. He was standoffish at the meeting and told his mother afterward, his daughter's energy had changed. It's sad. The psychiatrist's explanation: upon seeing people from their past lives, um, that, that seeing that they, they're sorry, upon seeing people from their past lives have moved on, reincarnated children sometimes gain closure, and, and it helps them move on with this life. Right. That way, they can live this life to the fullest. Right, and that then possibly sense. see his daughter sometime in this life. Right. Because there's an idea that we run into the same people over and over. So we probably knew each other. I, I think we definitely knew I, each I other. I think we yes. did too. Because um, you and I have always had a magnetism that just made us go, oh, that girl. I like that one. Well, and the thing is, you know, I, I knew of you before we even actually were introduced. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I was like, something different. And I'm not even, not, not like, there's something different about you. But I was like, there's, I knew there Look was. Look at that fact. No! <laughs> um, <laughs> you weren't out then. No, but you everybody not, knew. We knew, but you didn't. <laughs> I remember when you said, Jessica, I'm gay. And I looked at you, I was like, okay. Yeah, I know. 
I was I remember, I remember I said I don't judge, but I was also like, you're not. I didn't know you were. Didn't know. I didn't know you didn't know. Right. <laughs> All right. So this one is my favorite story because this is the amount of pettiness that I hope to carry on into my next thousand lives. <laughs> this is it. So these names are hard. I did phonetically look them up, but I'm not sure Google was right. That's the problem. You know what I mean? So when Karen Phil Tatusmus of Turkey, yeah, was pregnant, yeah, yeah, was pregnant with her son in the 1950s, she dreamed that a man named Salim Fisley appeared to her with a bloody face. No, no. She went on to give birth to Semi Tatusmus. Sorry, you guys. I'm coughing at the store. Sorry. And as soon as Sammy began to talk, he insisted he was the reincarnation of Fesley, the man that she dreamed of with the bloody face. Had she known Fesley in real life? No. Oh. No. He said he lived in a nearby village and had been murdered by a neighbor. So at the age of four, Sammy walked to Fesley's old village and talked with his widow. He was able to recount their life together in great detail. And his murder claims were somewhat corroborated because... No one knew he was murdered. Oh. So, Fesley had indeed been shot by a neighbor, but the neighbor claimed it was a hunting accident. So, they thought it was an accident. So, Simi, on the other hand, insisted his past self had been killed due to an argument over Fesley's mule grazing in the neighbor's field. So, Simi returned to Fesley's village throughout his life, visiting his widow and adult children, and when he encountered his murderer, he would throw rocks at him. Yeah. <laughs> this little kid, this little four-year-old, throwing rocks at the neighbor. How dare you kill me! <laughs> I love this so much. He did not enact more violent revenge out of concern that his neighbor would also be reincarnated. <laughs> so, that so, makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> Love it. I love it. You know it. what? I dislike you, but I don't want you to come back for me, you bastard. <laughs> but this little four-year-old, like, <laughs> F you. Like, you messy little kid. You just get a rock thrown at you. Look over little kid. Flips you off. It's like, oh my god. Reincarnate this. So, Semi stuck to stone throwing to avoid perpetuating a cycle of murder across multiple lifetimes. <laughs> I love it so much. This is who I strive to be. By the way, Semi is still alive. And so we need a we need a check in to make sure he doesn't die like murdered. Yeah, I don't speak Turkish though. Do you? I can Google. I can make Turkish delights. Oh my God! Yes. Okay. So here is the story. So okay, let me read why I texted Creighton like it was like what midnight. Yeah. <coughs> Good night. Anyways, um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, okay. So I asked I sent like a really long message. I was I asked Creighton, do you have a weird, nonsensical fear? If you could pick a place where you felt your heart yearns for, where would it be? Whether you've been there or not. Do you have any odd or unique passions? Do you have any uncontrollable habits that you were born with? Do you experience mysterious pains anywhere in your body? And have you ever felt a spiritual connection to a specific culture that you may or may not have descended from? Okay, so Creighton, uh, Creighton sent me a few answers, and so I actually took them and did research based off what he said. <coughs> now, here's something important 
just because you you might have some memories that you don't that don't quite fit the argument is that well they could be multiple lives that you're getting memories from so they may not fit does that make sense yeah i feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out but i also understand that that's also part of it i guess if you were to believe in it so creighton told me that he has an absolute fear of cockroaches he yearns to travel the planet and feel like a true citizen of the world <laughs> he has a passion for mythology and religions if you couldn't tell I mean, have you been paying attention? <laughs> you know, um, there are certain parts of... Do you want me to say that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are certain parts of his body that if you rub and he's not paying attention, he makes sounds similar to a cat purr. Sounds similar to something I talked about earlier, doesn't it? <laughs> In the previous episode. And he has no mysterious pains, but he's always felt an affinity for the cultures of mainland Europe. Don't we all? Don't we all? So, I did research... And weirdly enough, there were some connections. Now, when I'm thinking on the top of my head, I was like, oh, I bet Creighton's pagan. He was a pagan in another life because you were so open-minded. I, so I literally put all of the information you put like at one time on the Google search and clicked yeah. because that's how I research. So this is what I got. It is possible that you could be someone from China, ancient China, during China's growing sea trade with Europe in the 1517 to the 1800s. This would explain your interest in Europe, as this was obviously something exciting for anyone wanting to travel and have adventure. Yeah. And there was obviously, the Europeans were excited about China. China was curious about Europe. Duh, you know? Yeah. So, during this time, cockroaches were used in Chinese homeopathic medicine. So, which is the belief that a substance that causes symptoms of a disease in healthy people would cure similar symptoms in the sick. It don't work. I'm sorry. It don't. So, a lot, now we talk about building immunity. This was completely different. So, a lot of practices cause more sickness and even death due to the diseases and bacteria that the cockroaches carry because they're gross. So, toward the end of the 1800s, this practice was considered as unsafe by many. And so, some people still do it, by the way, in China. Yeah. It's really scary. Um, coronavirus, but... <coughs> this could explain your fear of roaches because in a previous life you may have considered them a sign of uncleanliness and death. I consider that that in this life. Seriously, I, I mean, I mean, it weirdly adds up. And the what, what's weird about it adding up is that it's in a certain time frame that both of these things are occurring. Right. So, as stated in my previous episode, records of the relationship between cats and humans in Chinese history goes back a long time. The Chinese book. Of um, of rights tells the story of the cat goddess Li Shu. After <coughs> researching, I found that many of the researchers, people would imitate cats. So much so that they purr like a cat and even have characteristics like a cat. Also kind of like Kenny 9791 with the dog. Yeah. I can tell you're not feeling this. No. I'm not either. I'm not. But I think it's cool. <laughs> As you can guess, this goes along with your sometimes purring when you are rubbed. And who knows, you may have even been a cat. I now that I could that. go for that. Oh yeah, no, I could see that. Because you're judgmental. I'm an asshole. <laughs> okay, so mine was weird. This All is right. mine. Okay, so I didn't really answer my own questions. I was like, okay, what do I visionize myself? So, <coughs> no joke. I went off that little vision in my head. All right. I imagined being on like a cliff and um, being a middle-aged man, actually, like 40s to 60s age older you know and i remember i'm looking down on the sore cliff and i'm looking at a beach 
and all of a sudden in my little vision in my head you know what I imagine all of a sudden I'm in water and I'm panicking and I drown and I die within like right split seconds okay it got weird okay so for some reason I kept thinking about maroon maroon was important I thought oh maybe I was wearing maroon I don't know <coughs> but maybe you made it well after thinking about it I told myself that the beach in, the, in my head that I'm imagining was very similar to Port Royal Jamaica I've been there okay yeah and that's why I'm like oh okay that's why I thought of it you know well when I went to Port Royal we didn't uh, go on any excursions so it was like the most relaxing week of my life because we just literally stayed at the beach and got yeah. to see the stuff well so, I had this really, I feel at home feeling, and I kind of just assumed it was this Jamaica no worries thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, to sidestep from that moment, when I first laid eyes on Nathan, when we first met, well, actually before we met, um, I knew he was going to be important to me. That there was something different about him, <coughs> which I talked about with you. Yeah. So, this is said to be a sign that you knew that person in their life, which I would not doubt it, because me and Nathan clicked immediately. So... Supposedly that happens all the time. So in my version of my, in my vision of myself, you know, <coughs> sorry, uh, I was, I mean, you know, I kept thinking of maroon, so I googled maroon. Well, I had no clue that it was related to Jamaica history. Like I said, we didn't go on excursions. I didn't learn crap about history while I was there. Yeah. So the maroons were escaped slaves that ran away from their Spanish-owned plantations when the British took the Caribbean island of Jamaica. And I was oh. like, well, that, I was like, that's kind of cool to have that worked out. Well, I was like, where are the odds, you know? So it's not where it ends. <clears throat> so June 7th of 1692, an earthquake struck for Port, Port Royal, Jamaica. Port Royal. Yeah. If I was born around uh, 1655, that would have made the age around 40, which is what I imagined myself. Really? Yeah. I didn't plan this, y'all. It literally was, I was like, what the freak? So the earthquake did create a tsunami, which would kill 2,000 people. Two-thirds of the town, amounting to 33 acres, sank into the sea immediately after the main shock. So that goes along with my like, idea. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. It's freaking me out because I was texting Creighton, Oh my God, this is so creepy. <gasps> so according to Robert Rennie in his in History of Jamaica in 1807, all the wharves sunk at once, and in the space of two minutes, nine-tenths of the city were covered with water, which was raised to such a height that it entered the uppermost rooms of the few houses which were left standing. The tops of the highest houses were visible in the water and surrounded by the mass of vessels which had been sunk along with them. This went along with my vision, like, exactly. And I don't, I don't call it vision, it was just like how I imagined it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well... June 7th, the day that it happened, is also the day Nathan and I got together. So I was like, that's weird. <laughs> like, literally, um, 0607 is used in our passwords, like, all of our social media stuff. It's not our only thing in our passwords. I'm not giving you my password. But, <laughs> just saying. <coughs> we actually still celebrate it, even though we were, weren't married on that day. But we celebrate it as our anniversary. Yeah. And so I wonder, was this confirmation that I was in Jamaica? It's kind of weird. It is. It's kind of weird. Um, I, I like the idea of reincarnation. I just don't know. That is definitely weird, though. Very coincidental. Where do you think? Where do you see yourself? Like a, a, in your past life. 
I mean, I still see myself in Ireland. You see yourself in Ireland with piggies? Yeah. Now, I did have one <laughs> memory that I thought of like after I texted you last night from my childhood. Yeah. And it was, I used to look out the back, because you know, growing up in the house I grew up in, right? we had that sliding glass door. Right. And I remember that I used to get freaked out going by it, because I always felt that there was something out there. Mm-hmm. But I can remember being a small child, and looking out there one day, and seeing what looked like Native Americans running through trees. And as as our very first episode on this podcast ever right. told the story, like we literally live three miles from a national yeah. park. Indian barrel grounds are everywhere out here. Too. Right, you can't get away from them. And it looked like the Native Americans were on a hunt, is what I remember. Right, but they were on horseback, which wasn't common mm. for the ones around here. No, no. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I wonder. That's interesting. So yeah. maybe not here. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but I was like, I was like, I'm a dude. All right. Make you feel a little bit better. Well, I was just like, whenever I was imagining it, I was like, this makes no sense. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's all for me. Huh? I don't know if y'all have any cool <coughs> reincarnation stories or something, and y'all have felt a uh, connection with your past life. Let us know because we want to know about I it. Research and it. If you don't mind, we may read some on air because we have a Gmail account, which is ohdearlore at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account at dear underscore lore, and we have an Instagram account at ohdearlore8 that you can find us on, you can talk to us on, you can let us know what you think about the podcast, or you can let us know what you think about your past life. Yeah, I want to know. We would love to hear from all of you. Because I'll check you. I'll fact check you. (laughs) So... We hope that y'all have a wonderful week this week. We hope we get in some good suggestions from y'all. Sorry for the cough. And we're going to leave it here for this week. Yeah, because I'm dying. (laughs) We'll see y'all next week. Have a good week. Bye.